0: Ladies and gentlemen, these and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illadine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience.
1: And welcome, everybody. Looks like uh, we are going to be doing another class today. It's just Bone Daddy and me. Hola. Illustrious Illa is will be absent today, personal business. And looks like we're going to be doing druids. Now, for those of you that don't know much about druids, uh, they're kind of the nature folk. They they harness the power of nature. They love balance in nature. Uh, they they're uh, spellcasters, and I mean, I enjoy playing them. They can be a lot of fun. What do you think, there, Bone Daddy? Well,
2: I think druids are, are great. Um, they have access to some pretty unique spells. Um, they, uh, as a character, as characters you make go, um, they're usually pretty pretty fun to use. Um, their abilities are pretty versatile. And I don't know, it's just something about that, communing with, communing with nature and using a lot of spells that involve nature it seems like a really, really, really cool idea. And most people are pretty into it. Um, a lot of people love to... Create like the wild the wild character the one who has like that deep connection to the spirits of nature um a lot of people like to remember druids as those who like transform into other animals because that is their signature thing the druid can transform into other animals yeah wild shape wild shape it's typically what everyone remembers about druids even though the ability is not used as frequently um by some by some uh, it's and definitely with the newer classes they've taken that wild shape ability and made it a little more versatile so that way instead of spending wild shape to do some or spending one of your wild shape actions to turn into an animal you can actually do other things Um, such as like with the circle of the shepherd you get some totems circle wildfire you get a fiery companion the and the circle of spores and believe The circle of stars that lets you respend your your wild points to do other do other stuff, like circle of druids. I think you get your little you get to activate your spores around you, and instead do extra damage instead of transforming into a creature. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and and today we're only going to touch on the player's handbook druids, uh, which is a circle of land, circle of moon. Yep, circle of
2: land, circle of moon. Your two basic druids, but ever so fun as well.
1: Oh yeah. So we'll start out, uh, Druids revere nature above all, gaining their spells and other magical powers from their, either from the force of nature or from a nature deity. Uh, many Druids pursue the mystical spirituality of transcendent union with nature rather than the devotion to a divine entity. While others serve gods of wild nature, animals, or elemental forces, uh, and it's, it's a lot of the things that I've noticed about druids is it's, it's all about balance. They want balance in nature, uh, and they just take wildly different ways to want to get to balance. And that seems to be the the core thing for druids, to me, is definitely the balance in nature. Uh, and, you know, we'll go through this and, and go back and forth. Uh, creating a druid, uh, if you just want to do like a quick build, uh, first is wisdom, because that's your spellcasting And then Constitution. Uh, Yep. That seems to be the two big ones you use the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first thing you get is spellcasting. You get spellcasting first level. Of course, it's a spellcaster. And drawing on divine essence of nature itself, you can cast spells to shape that essence to your will. And uh, it has its own little spell list, uh, cantrips, And it's got the table that's always really helpful on to, you know, first level, you know, two cantrips and two first level spells. So that's the way the the first thing is, is casting. Spell casting. You want to take the next one?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, You also get uh, Druidic. So you know Druidic, the secret language of the Druids. You speak the language and use it to leave hidden messages. Similar to how themes count functions. Um, you know, you and others who know this language automatically spot such a message. Others spot the message's presence with a successful DC 15 wisdom perception check, but can't decipher it without magic. That's pretty cool. I also really like the spellcasting um, abilities of druids because they can actually, um, you can change the, the spells that you know as a druid. So every time you you go to prepare your spells, you can choose new from your list of druid spells and getting another spell a different spell from the druid list
1: but you only have two prepared at once yeah for a first level that's mm-hmm. what it's saying and it is it, that is a handy thing because you don't have to pick and choose uh, just your spells the only ones you know yes. i i think it's a definitely a big bonus to druids to be able to change it every day definitely
2: and if you're looking for something with that versatility a druids for you um, unlike a wizard, you don't have to write down your spells, and unlike a warlock and a and a sorcerer, you have more access to spells than they do. So druids are a little interesting in when they when it comes to where they set in the spell casting list.
1: Yep, and it's a I mean it's a full caster. that's that's your thing. Uh, on At second level, you get wild shape. You can use your action to magically assume the shape of a beast that you have seen before. You can use this feature twice and you're getting regain its expended uses when you finish a short or long rest. Your druid level determines the beast you can transform into as shown in the B shapes table at second level. For example, you can transform into any beast that has a challenge rating of one quarter or lower that doesn't have a flying or swimming speed. So, uh, an example it gives is just a wolf at fourth level. You can go, uh, a half, uh, CR. And again, no flying, you know, it gives an example of a, a crocodile. And at 8th level, you get a, a 1CR, which is like a giant eagle. And you can fly at that time. Yeah. You, can stay, you can stay in a B-shape for a number of hours equal to half your druid level rounded down. You then revert to your normal form unless you expend another use of this feature. You can revert to your normal form earlier by using a bonus action on your turn. You automatically revert to human form if you fall unconscious. And it, it has some some different rules for for your wild shape uh while you transform the following rules uh your game stats are replaced by the stats of the beast but you retain your alignment personality intelligence wisdom and charisma scores you also uh, retain all your skills and saving throw proficiencies in addition to gaining those of the creature if the creature has the same proficiency as you the bonus and its stat block is higher than and the bonus and its stat block is higher than yours use the creature's bonus instead of yours and if the creature has any legendary or lair actions, you can't use them. Uh, also, when you transform, uh, you assume the beast's hit points and hit dice, which can really suck because some beasts are really low on that. Yep. Uh, you can't cast spells and your ability to speak or take any reaction that requires hands is limited to the capabilities of your beast form. So, you know, a wolf can't swing an axe. Not going to happen. Uh, you retain the benefit of any feature from your class, race, or other source, and you and can use them if the new form is physically capable of doing so. Uh, however, you can't use any of your special senses, such as dark vision, unless the new form has that sense. Which, I, I will say, most animals have dark vision. So uh, You can choose whether your equipment falls to the ground in your space, merges into your north, new form, or is worn by it warm equipment functions as normal but the DM decides whether it's practical for the nuke form to wear a piece of equipment based on the creature shape and size. In other words, a wolf's not going to wear leather armor that fits a human. It's your stuff either dissolves into you or it's this retains its form and I guess you wear it. But I always personally, I always had it just dissolve into me.
2: Yeah, it's easier that way so that would you have to go back and pick up your clothes.
1: Yeah, that's always a you know a bonus your your clothes go with you otherwise you're just naked everywhere all right you got the next one
2: yeah well i did want to talk about one other thing with the spells so okay. um you can't cast spells while you're in your your animal form or your beast form however um if you do have a concentration spell already going that you cast before you were in your beast form you actually can maintain concentration on it while you're in your while you're in your beast form and um, you can take actions that are, that are part of a spell, such as call lightning, that have already been cast. Yep. We made a beast form as well. So that's an important thing to note, because some people are like, well, I can't cast spells. And that's, not, that's true, you can't cast spells, but if you have a spell that's already being maintained, you can certainly maintain it when you transform into your beast. So yep. That's right. The next is you get to pick your druid circle. So at second level, you choose to identify with a circle of druids. The circle of land detail at the end of oh sorry, um, the circle of land detail at the end of the class description from the player's handbook or other sources. So that includes Tasha's and any of those. Um, your choice grants you features at second level and again at sixth, tenth, and fourteenth level. And we're going to go over the circle of land and the circle of the moon today that are in the player's handbook, which are pretty essential to know.
1: Uh, next is when you reach 4th level, uh, and again at 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th, uh, ability score improvements, which is basic for every class you do. Uh, 2 into 1 uh, ability score, 1 into 2, or a feat. Personally, I will always choose feats, unless I rolled really, really bad for my ability scores. <laughs>
2: and even then, feats can sometimes just give you an ability score that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a thing, and it's it's a personal preference. Uh, and we need to do an episode on feats and talk about some of the the different ones and the best ones. Because I will take alert with my first feat every time, and I will
2: hate that you take alert with your first feat every time because <laughs> I love ambushing people,
1: <laughs> and I don't. an alert can't be ambushed, and you get a plus five to your initiative. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Next one. Oh, um, let's see. So, at I'm going to skip over the wild shape improvement because we've already talked about it. I thought you yeah. can turn to rating one or lower. Um, the next one at 18th level, um, you get your timeless body. Starting at 18th level, the primal magic that you wield causes you to age more slowly for 10 years that pass, your body ages only one year. So, essentially, you get longevity and it makes for great role play. I'm um, speaking with somebody who. Who has been a druid for quite a while? You, um, and then realizing that they're a lot older than they seem, is a very
1: interesting roleplay
2: moment. So,
1: and if you play like an elven druid, oh yeah, you basically live forever. <laughs> <laughs> and also, at any level, you get beast spells. You can cast many of your druid spells in the sh- in any shape you assume using wild shape. So now you can perform the somatic and verbal components of a Druid spell while in B-shape but you aren't able to provide material components so that depends on your DM if you have to do material components or not um, I've been listening to some some people uh, podcasts and some, some TikTok stuff where they do uh, material components and I'm, I'm kind of starting to dig it, I'm kind of liking why they do it so that's for another episode uh, go ahead with the last one on this one definitely so after that,
2: at le 20th level for your bomb ability, um, at 20th level, you can use your wild shape an unlimited number of times as the arch druid. Additionally, you can ignore the verbal and somatic components of your druid spells, as well as any material components that lack a cost and aren't consumed by the spell. You gain the benefits of both your normal shape and your beast shape from wild shape.
1: And I, I'm going to say it, I, I, I like that ability. I think it's kind of a waste of a 20th level ability. I think it could be better it could it could be something that hits a little harder it also makes you um well
2: this is pretty cool because it also makes you you don't give any tells to your spells so you can just do things like um you don't if, if you're trying to be sneaky about something you don't have to make any verbal commands or move your arms you can just cast a spell and it it can hit you can take people by surprise with it that's pretty cool
1: yeah there's a feat that does that, isn't there
2: um, I, not, I don't know if there's a feat, but I do know that there is, as a sorcerer, um, you can, you can spend meta magic to do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So oh.
2: I mean, it's kind of, kind of sucks if you think about it, because you get meta magic what, at like second level, third level? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I think it kind of lacks the punch, but, uh, getting a druid, le- druid to that high of level, you're pretty much a badass anyway, so I guess you don't really need the... To- the huge hit, but I always like the huge hit at the twentieth level ability. That's just me. Uh, and then we're gonna sh- uh, slip into the Druid circles. Well, okay. before we before we go into that, um, do
2: you mind if I go over some optional uh, Druid, some optional Druid ability class features that are featured? In go Tasha? ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna hit Tasha on the next one.
2: Oh, that's true. But these are these are specifically just for the Druid, not for the circles. Okay, um, go ahead. So in Tasha's, there's an expanded spell list for your druid spells. So I'm not going to go over the whole spell list because there's a lot of them, but um, just know that it gives you access to more to more magic, um, magical abilities. Um, like you get to cast divination, summon elementals, corner cold, all of those. Um, but I think the most important one and the coolest one is that you can at second level you can get an optional druid feature called Wild Companion, and you gain the ability to summon a spirit that assumes an animal form. As an action, you can expand a use of your Wild Shape feature to cast a fine familiar spell without any material components. When you cast a spell in this way, the familiar is a fey instead of a beast, and the familiar disappears after a number of hours equal to your druid level. So, hey, for all for everybody who likes to play with an animal companion, you can now have a druid with an animal companion.
1: Which, to me, to be honest, it's, to me, that's kind of obvious. I don't know why they didn't put that in the original druid because I mean, it just makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, for a while though, they were kind of making rangers. Um, rangers were always featured with an animal companion because it was one of like two options for rangers. Which so is I'm hilarious
1: because I I'm... rarely use an animal companion as a ranger.
2: That's true, <laughs> um, and there have been many, um, many memes and many uh, jokes about how terrible Beastmaster <laughs> Rangers are. But that's another episode that, that we, we already, already did. Gone, I'm already gone over. And then at fourth level, you get cantrip versatility. Whenever you reach a level in this class that grants the ability score, whenever you reach a level in Druid class that grants the ability score improvement feature, you can replace one cantrip you learned from this class's spellcasting feature with another cantrip from the Druid spell list. Which I guess is kind of cool if you're kind of tired, if you took those cantrips, because I know at early levels, when you take your cantrips, um, they might seem pretty useful. Like at the beginning, and then you kind of think about it, and then you realize what kind of campaign you're in. And so it'd be ni- it's nice to be able to like switch your cantrips out in case you need like something that has, I don't know, does like radiant damage um, because you're in a horror campaign or it's turned to like a horror moment. So that comes in pretty handy.
1: Yeah, that, that that would be handy. I agree with that one. Okay, so the druid circles in the player's handbook, there's only two. Uh, and we're going to start with the Circle of Land. Ooh, Circle of Land. And the Circle of Land is made up of mystics and sages who safeguard ancient knowledge and rites through a vast oral tradition. These Druids meet within sacred circles of trees or standing stones to whisper primal secrets in Druidic. The Circle's wisest members preside as the chief priests of communities that hold the old faith and serve as advisors to the rulers of those folk. As members of this circle, your magic is influenced by the land where you were initiated into the circle's mysterious rites. And the first thing you get at, at second level is a, is a bonus cantrip, which yep. cantrips you can cast as many times as you want. I mean, that's that's always it's always handy to have more of those.
2: Yep. And also, it doesn't count against your druidic, um, your druidic cantrips. So you get your druidic cantrips on top of your bonus cantrip. Right. Oh, and then Natural Recovery... Um, starting at some second level, you can regain some of your magical energy by sitting in meditation and communing with nature. During a short rest, you can choose expanded spell slots. You can choose expanded spell slots to recover. The spell slots can be or have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your druid level rounded up, and none of the slots can be sixth level or higher. You can't use this feature again until you finish a long rest. For example, when you're a fourth level druid, you can recover up to two levels worth of spell slots you can recover either a second level spell slot or two first level spell
1: slots now that's handy that is anytime you can recover spell slots as a magic user and you don't have to do a long rest or a short rest i mean come on that comes in handy you start to really feel it when
2: you're in a um in kind of like a if you're doing like a dungeon crawl or if you're doing like a a heavy game where you don't get a lot of time to like sit back and relax. Like you're on a mission and you all are stuck there for a while and you've already gone through enemies upon enemies or used a lot of utility spells. This gives you a chance to recover some of those. So that way you have extra firepower.
1: Yep. Uh, and at third, fifth, seventh and ninth level, you gain circle spells. And that depends on which land that you were sworn to. So once you gain access to circle spells, you always have it prepared, and it doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare each day, which is handy. And they are, the the different lands are Arctic, Coast, Desert, Forest, Grassland, Mountain, Swamp, and Underdark. And there's a lot of spells here. We're not going to hit all of them. Uh, But we'll hit a few of the the better ones, uh, starting with Arctic, uh, a third level uh, Spike Growth, I'm always a, a martial character, and and for the most part, and anytime you can like stab people, I mean, it's it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. It's a bonus to be stabby. I like it. Uh, and different ones, freedom of movement, which might seem kind of, you know, kind of lackluster, but when you when you're going through difficult terrain and it doesn't cost you movement, that can be handy. Definitely. Uh, uh, and that's and those are in Arctic and Coast. What do you like in Coast? Oh, in Coast, um, yeah. Coast, I like my favorite thing about
2: these is that you get there's like elemental spells. So at their level, you can get like Misty Step. Um, essentially, essentially it adds like a lot of flavor to your um, to your character because you can think of like, um, like the mist off of like off the shore, and then that's how you Misty Step, and you can have like, um, sea Foam and. And the smell of the sea follow you. You also get water breathing and water walk at fifth level, which are also flavorful. Um, control lo- control water at seven, and
1: you can also conjure
2: an elemental at nine. So
1: that's huge. Mm-hmm. When you're conjuring elementals, elementals are brute forces. That's like a big old tank. Yeah. So uh, desert, uh, you got silence, which is always nice. Cast on spell spellcasters. Uh, protection from energy. Uh, hallucinatory Terrain Hallucinatory Terrain <laughs> Oh man Talk about flavor yeah. And you're making these people think they're stepping over You know like the sharpest rocks in the world And it's just Like the middle of the street I mean you can do some fun stuff with that And ninth level uh, Insect Plague Which is creepy and scary And I mean kind of delicious I like that yeah,
2: <laughs> and then for the forest, um, you get like bark skin, which makes sense. A plant growth, which is one of my favorite spells to use, um, because it's got two options on it. Um, and it you can make something grow very quickly, or over time you can enrich land around you and make it um, make like a vast paradise. If you're playing a campaign that's got a longevity to it, and you want to like set up set up a a essentially like a base, like a home base. You can make the lands fertile and have them have them grow tons of plants, feed everyone. You also get divination for the forest one and at seventh level and commune with nature um on a ninth level, which is another favorite spell of mine as well.
1: Uh, let's see the grassland. Uh out of all of them, I mean it has insect plague again. But uh, pass without trace is one of the most handiest uh, stealth spells that you can that you can have. Uh, it just it comes in extremely handy when you're trying to sneak into places or even just uh, sneak up on another camp. Uh, and you got let's see, I mean, Divination again, freedom of movement. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they're going to get repetitive in some of this stuff. Go ahead with mountain. Mountain, you get spider
2: climb, which is a a favorite of mine. Melt to Stone at fifth level. Uh, Stone Shape at seventh level and Wall of Stone um, at ninth level, which is a really handy spell to have as well. I really like Wall of Stone.
1: Yeah, it's it comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Swamp Darkness, which is personally, it's a favorite of mine because Magical Darkness is neat
0: mm-hmm. and
1: can make people not hit you. And it's got the freedom of movement, the water walk insect plague i mean like i said they get repetitive
2: definitely and then for the underdark, um you get spider climb again which is cool and web at third level um, At a fifth level you can get stinking cloud seventh level you can get greater invisibility and at ninth level you can get insect plague again or cloud kill and Cla- cloud kill is kind of fun cloud kill is kind of fun okay you want to hit land stride I do. Landstride. Starting at 6th level, moving through non-magical difficult terrain costs you no extra movement. You can pass through non-magical plants without being slowed by them and without taking damage from them. They have thorns, spines, or similar hazards. In addition, you have advantage on saving throws against plants that are magically created or manipulated to impede movement, such as those created by the Entangle spell.
1: Which actually is a pain-in-the-ass spell if you get it casted on you. So that's that's helpful. (laughs) At 10th level, you get Nature's Ward, which means you can't be charmed and frightened by elementals or phase. And you are, you are immune to poison and disease. Um, the whole fright, not being able to be frightened or, or charmed, that's handy. That's just very, very handy. Because you'd be surprised how many things out there actually can give off the aura of fright.
2: Definitely. And then okay. na- Nature's Sanctuary of 14th level creatures of the natural world sense your connection to nature and become hesitant to attack you. When a beast or plant creature attacks you, the creature must make a wisdom saving throw against your druid spell. Save DC. On a failed save, the creature must choose a different target or the attack automatically misses. On a successful save, the creature is immune to this effect for 24 hours. The creature is aware of this effect before it makes its attack against you. So there you have it. Something to protect you against plant and beast creatures. There aren't a lot of plants and beast creatures that get thrown at people typically. Um, but that will come in handy when you're traveling. So.
1: Yeah, because a lot of the travel uh, tables that you can do encounter tables on will have plants and beasts. And that is the Circle of the Land. Uh, what did you think about the Circle of the Land?
2: Well, the Circle of the Land, I can really see the versatility of the Druids like come through, like uh, the Druid class, with the Circle of the Land. And it's going to contrast a lot to the next circle that we're going into. So I'm super excited because this one was very, like, you have got a lot of utility spells. Um, you can. It, it's not so much geared towards combat. It's also it's geared towards a lot of role play. Like there's a lot of things you can use here to get out of sticky situations, especially with like something going on in in nature, and um, also if you're dealing with a, like a plant creature, or if you're um, having to deal with um, like camps and and stuff. So.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not my favorite it it's definitely a, a utilitarian one it's it's used it's got a wide range of what it can be used for uh but i mean it's it it's the circle of land it's it's your basic druid so uh it's it i see its place uh but like i said it's, it's not definitely not my favorite uh but i mean i'm not a huge spellcaster anyway so i am uh we know everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead and read off the circle of the moon so
2: uh, opposed to the circle of the land the circle of the moon is m- when you think of the circle of the land it's like your typical like peace-loving druid sometimes um, if you play it that way or um, it had a lot of utility well the circle of the moon is what you'd imagine the opposite side of that looking like it's a it's more geared towards combat Druids of the Circle of the Moon are fierce guardians of the wild. Their order gathers under a full moon to share news and trade warnings. They haunt the deepest parts of the wilderness where they go for weeks on end before crossing paths with another humanoid creature, let alone another druid. So the first thing that, that pops up as an ability, on in second level, you get a combat wild shape. When you choose the circle at second level, you gain the ability to wild shape on your turn as a bonus action rather than an action. Additionally, while you're transformed by wild shape, you can use a bonus action to expend one spell slot to regain 1d8 hit points per level of the spell slot expanded.
1: I like that. I like uh, being able to gain hit points back. Even if yeah. you're expending a spell slot, you can't cast spells anyway when you're a lower level uh, in Wild Shape. So the ability to regain hit points because the chance of you not having many at this level is a big thing. And 1d8's a lot of them. It's probably going to be at least, if not more than half your hit points. So, I think that's very handy. Uh, Circle Forms is the next. uh, Starting at second level, the rights of your circle grant you the ability to transform into more dangerous animal forms. You can use your wild shape to transform into beasts with a challenge rating as high as one. You ignore the max CR column in the beast shapes table, but must abide by the other limitations there. Starting at sixth level, you can transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as your druid level divided by three rounded down. So... You know, once you get there, if you're at 6th level, you're at a CR2. That's when you start getting into the interesting creatures. The stuff that's much more, much more uh, dangerous. dangerous. So, I mean, when you're 10th level, you're talking about CR5 or CR3. When you're 15th level, you're talking about 5. I mean, you're getting into some pretty big, nasty creatures. Yeah. And then...
2: Further taking off of that, at 6th level, you gain Primal Strike. And this one's actually a really cool ability because your attacks in Beast Form count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. So you essentially can hit things that are immune to non-magical weapons in your Beast Form, which is great because that's a huge hindrance if you're fighting something, if it's immune to just regular attacks then if you're fighting it in a beast form that doesn't let you do that, you're going to have to stay in your regular form to hit it with things that are magical.
1: Yeah. Uh, At 10th level, you get Elemental Wild Shape, and I love this. Starting at 10th level, you can expend two uses of Wild Shape at the same time to transform into an air elemental, an earth elemental, a fire elemental, or a water elemental. And those are beasts. Those are awesome. And you are now a huge attacking monster. I mean, what's, what more can you say? I like yeah. it.
2: Yeah, and it's, and they're, like you said, they're forces of nature, so they're really hard to take down. I think Elementals are, they're CR5 ratings, so it's, yeah. they have tons of immunities to conditions, they have tons of damage resistances, and they're, almost all of them are immune to poison, so, heck Yeah. Yeah. And then the final thing, and this is pretty interesting, I guess it's really calling back to the fact that you've become very adept at transforming. Um, You get thousand forms at 14th level. You have learned to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways, and you can cast the Alter Self spell at will.
1: So what that basically means is you can make your hand turn into claws, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Get thick skin, you know, do different things like that. I mean, it, it's definitely comes in handy. Um, I am more of a martial character. That's a, that's the, the classes I like to play are more martial. And this definitely does the more martial. So out of the two, I do personally like the Circle of the Moon better. Uh, just because it is a more martial character. It's the Guardian. And they're more violent. And I like violence.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's... I personally kind of prefer the... Um... The circle of the moon, but I only prefer the circle of the moon because I like the ability to transform into more creatures, so you have a more options open to you as opposed to the circle of the land because that's what it's more geared towards letting you do. So I like that at second level, you can turn it into something that is not a, is more than a CR one half, yeah, CR <laughs> half. So
1: you, you could change it to more than just like an alligator.
2: Yeah, you can come into, turn into a bear, turn into uh, other things that aren't just, I think you can turn into an elephant. Wow.
1: What's the, what's the CR rating on an owlbear? Because that Why was not? always, that was the big knock when uh they came out with the D&D, uh, the D&D, the movie, the preview is because the druid changed into an owlbear. They're like, I can't do that.
2: Well an elephant is CR4, so I'm wrong about that, but I would love to turn into an elephant. An owlbear um is a CR something or another as I pull it up on top.
1: But you you can turn into an elephant when you get what 12th level. So yes. Same. You <laughs> um oh hey, owl uh, owlbear is actually a CR three creature. Yeah, so you could change into an owlbear.
2: Oh, the the thing that they were upset about was um owlbears aren't beasts they're um, monstrosities
1: oh yeah that's true I'd let it slide personally
2: I mean <laughs> obviously it's it's great like I mean I'd, I I would let it slide too it feels like it makes more sense to be able to turn into an bear. and yeah. it's really weird that bears are not considered beasts considering they are two beasts like merged together so I'm not
1: which is probably why they say monstrosity but we don't judge. <laughs> it's, not mon- it's not a monster to me. They're cute and cuddly. They are. <laughs> they are. So that is the druids for the players' handbook. Next, Overall thought on druids? What do you what do you think? I love druids.
2: I actually in one of the longer campaigns that I have. So there's there's two campaigns that I've I've played in before. I played with with Dean. And um, those were the two more long, long-running ones. I actually played multi-class druids in both of those.
1: Okay. So you, you prefer multi-classing with them?
2: Yeah. Well, I well, what I was trying to do, they, it made sense to multi-class with druids. But I ended up taking more druid levels than, than the other ones. And honestly, um, plant growth was, like, my best friend. And um, I loved being able to make jokes about talking with plants. So druids are... <laughs> I like Druids. Druids are awesome.
1: I do too. For a Spellcaster, it's it's not m- my most hated. Um, I like Druids. They, they can be fun. Uh, the whole commune with nature thing is, is fun. And we'll get into some some really cool circles uh, in the Tashas and uh, Xanathars. There's some really, really cool circles that you can get into. Uh, circle of Spores, that kind of thing. Uh, but I do, I do like Druids. They are fun to play. I've played many of them over all the different versions of, of DD. Um it, it it tends to be if I'm gonna play a spellcaster it's either gonna be a warlock or a druid. So that's just the way it is. Uh, but other than that, we'll get into the, the other circles in the next episode. And go ahead if we've missed anything or if there's you want to add anything or ask us to do anything or tell us a story, go ahead and give us the email at uh, this dungeon is occupied at, at podcast at gmail.com. Uh and that's it. That's all we have for today, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, and remember to check your dungeons, because this dungeon is occupied. All uh-huh.
0: Alrighty. Nice. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, And if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, Also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind-the-scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.